Welcome to Fearless Feminine Leadership, the podcast where we help women become confident rock star leaders. I'm Mandy B. Anderson. And I'm Rachel Perman. We are your hosts, certified coaches, best-selling authors, and the co-founders of Raymond Team, a life and leadership coaching company for women. We know that most female leaders feel like they need more support so they can lead well. Our mission is to help you develop the confidence and wisdom required to weather all of the ups and downs that a leader faces day in and day out. Grab your coffee and let's talk about what it takes to be a fearless feminine leader with emotional strength and resilience. Most leadership training focuses on how to be a servant leader. We're turning things upside down today and telling the stuff that they won't tell you about how to get noticed as a female leader. Hey, fearless feminine leader. Welcome back to the show. That's right. Today, we're going to be sharing with you three ways to get noticed as a female leader. So these are the things that most leaders don't consider, and they can do wonders to open up the doors of opportunity and respect. But we're going to do something a little different and fun this time. So I'm going to share each tip with you, and then Mandy's going to take it a step deep, deeper and tell you the stuff they don't tell you about these tips. Okay, here goes. Number one, listen, validate, and encourage. So leaders who know how to listen to other people's stories, they know how to validate struggles and encourage their potential as leaders that get noticed. Those are the leaders that get noticed. They learn how to understand different personalities and communication styles. They master the ability to listen and to validate and to encourage each one according to what motivates them. Now, Mandy, mm-hmm. what, is it, what, they, what is it that you're, we're not saying or what they don't tell our leader about this number one tip? Yeah. So the thing that they don't tell you about listening and validating and encouraging others is that most leaders think they're already really great at doing all of this. They think they're already great at listening. They think they're already great at validating. They think they are amazing at encouraging other people on their team. And the thing that we really want to make sure that our listeners come away with from this is don't be a fool (laughs) when it comes to this one, okay? Because if you think that you're already great at this, the truth is you probably suck at it from time to time and more often than you realize. Because a lot of times... um when people feel like they're really, really great at this, they're actually only great at it with the people that communicate just like them or the people that they really like. And this is where we have to challenge ourselves. And I know I have to do this too, because I fall into this sometimes where I think, oh, I'm really great at that. And then when I really stop to think about it, I realize, oh, my skills have gotten a little dull here and I need to sharpen them again and keep working on it. And that's the thing, like the female leaders that get noticed are always working on improving their skills when it comes to listening and validating and encouraging other people. And learning to lead like that 
with everybody, especially the ones that you wish you didn't have to work with or the ones that you really struggle to communicate with, that requires a ton of personal growth. And you really have to be able to let go of your pride and your ego often. So if I would say if you are the person where you're like, oh gosh, I already got this one. Like, awesome, I'm going to get noticed. Um, Let's check our pride there because (laughs) there's always room for growth when it comes to listening to other people, when it comes to validating them and encouraging them. And if you feel like you've mastered this, start paying attention to find out if you really have. Because I have often found that um, the things that I am quite convinced I've mastered, I start to get lazy in them. Yeah, so funny story. Um, Last night, my fourth grader came home with homework that had to do with listening because that was the skill that they were working on. And we each had to take turns. Her, She had to tell me three things about her day. And I had to tell her three things about my day. And then we scored each other on our listening ability. So I thought I was going to score. Like there were four <laughs> boxes and I didn't know them ahead of time. So I thought like it's fourth grade homework. I teach this stuff. I'm going to be fine. So I did get three out of the four. But the one I didn't get, which is so important for this, um, and just ties right back, right back into when you think you know it, you don't. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask her any questions to go deeper. And that was mm-hmm. one of the things that was on there on whether or not did she ask a question or did she like, you know, whatever. So I was listening. I wanted to make sure I like aced this test. So I was like listening really well so I could repeat back because I figured that's what I'd have to do that I didn't think of asking questions about what it was that she said. So Cause I was like, if I ask, if I talk, I will probably forget what she says. Um, so mm. even, even with our kiddos in their yeah. fourth grade homework, um, she put me in my place about like, Oh, my mom is a professional speaker and she did not. <laughs> so I love that, went, that went back to the teacher today. I'm like, oops. <laughs> you know, though, I think, I think this opens up an important part of this, this tip though, is that a lot of times we can start to get lazy in it or maybe there's a different way to say it because it's not always laziness. Sometimes we're tired and we're just like thinking of a lot of different things and our ability to focus is maybe, you know, like, especially if it's the end of the day, Mm -hmm. some people are not, some people are not able to keep up the same level of energy throughout the day. And, you know, I don't like both you and I are this way by three o'clock we're done. We're like, Yep. Don't ask no. me any more questions ask, or to have yep. decisions. Yeah. And so for you to focus on that, first of all, like you were completely uh, motivated by, I want to ace this test, right? Right. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was also like nine o'clock at night, right? Before we talked to her. Right. So, like, I had to really pay attention to the listening because at mm-hmm. that point, like, mama was checking off in like 15 minutes for like for the day. So yeah. I knew I had to pay attention to what it was she was saying so I could repeat it back. Um, but yeah, yeah. when you think you know something, it, and it does, I think, come down to practice because when yeah. we're not at our best, these skills are not natural. Like right. they all become more natural as we practice them. So just because you think you got it mm-hmm. does not mean that you A, have it or that you're still just as good at it as you used to be. Like you're just a short. Right. Um, well, and I, I think too, like this whole idea of ways to get noticed as a female leader. 
The female leaders who are not good at listening, validating, and encouraging their team will get noticed too. It's just probably not the type of notice or not the type of um, getting noticed that you want to be known for. Right. It's a different kind of getting noticed. It's a different kind. It's (laughs) kind of like, I noticed I don't want to be around them. And that's different, right? That's absolutely. That's not what we want. Um, (laughs) But I think there's a lot within this number one way to get noticed that we can work with too, because I think there's a lot of grace to be given um, as female leaders to ourselves and to others about how not not everybody's going to be on their A game all the time. And that's why it's so important to continually practice this one, because there will be times where life happens and it might be a little bit harder to focus and listen and validate and encourage. And I I think this is one that we always have to be um, practicing. Oh, absolutely. I I don't know that we ever get it 100% out of the ballpark all the time. Oh, and I think of the three we're going to talk about today, this is the one that you don't even really get to opt out of. like. Mm-hmm. Technically looking ahead, you could maybe opt out of two or three if you're like, nope, not going to do that. But this one, we all have to learn how to communicate. We all have yes. to learn how to well if we want to be rock star leaders and get noticed as women for the good things, mm-hmm. um, for the good leadership that we have and the strong leadership that we have. And communication will set you above and beyond both the female leaders and the male leaders in your field because not everybody will do this. Mm-hmm. Um, it really takes somebody who's willing to do the hard work and the personal growth required to communicate well. So, Absolutely. all right. Should we talk about number two? Yes. Um, number two is to become a TEDx speaker or, you know, really just speaking at any local events as often as possible. Now, honestly, um, being a speaker is a great way to get noticed as a leader in any category. If you've got something that you're an expert in, being a speaker is an amazing way to get your message out there. Um, and not only in this is it a great experience, but it's also a way for you to meet open-minded people. Um, it's a wonder, wonderful opportunity, opportunity, that was hard to say today, to grab, craft a compelling message. Especially that TEDx. When I watched Mandy go through the whole TEDx thing, crafting a message that then became a book was amazing to watch. And it can help you help a multitude of people if you are willing to do that, to become a TEDx speaker or just to speak in general um, from local to national events. But there is something they don't tell you about that. And what is that, Mandy? Okay, so I'm going to look at this as two different ways. Number one, what they don't tell you about becoming a TEDx speaker is that you've got to be committed to the process of getting accepted because it's not just like, oh, I'm going to wake up one day and be a TEDx speaker. Like it's going to go awesome. Um, a lot of TEDx events, even though they are independently owned, a lot of them have a pretty rigorous um, process of picking their speakers. They want a compelling speech. They want a message that is unique. Um, a lot of times they will have a theme. And so if your message that you're pitching doesn't fit the theme, they won't pick you. And some of them want speakers only from their area. Some want a collection of of speakers that are local along with speakers from other TEDx events. And so you've got to be like, if this is something where you're like, oh, I would love to do that. You've got to be committed to the process and don't expect it to um, happen the first time you apply. I think. it could be years 
Like, I think I applied four or five times before I was accepted. And the thing about this is you need to write a strong pitch to apply. So usually they require a written form of like 300 words or less and a video, like a short two to three minute video. And they're usually like, Wherever you, you apply, they give you pretty clear instructions of what they're looking at, looking for. But after you get accepted and, and have pitched a really strong, uh, message and an angle for your message, from there, you're going to need to build a strong outline and eventually execute a kick ass presentation. Like this is not one of those things where you are just like, I'm going to wing it. No, don't wing it. Like if you, you know, if your style is to wing it, you can still have that style, but know your content, know your presentation, be willing to work with a speaker coach who can help you grow stronger in that because, um, you could definitely tell the, uh, people who have worked really hard at working with a coach versus the ones who are just kind of like, nope, whatever. Right. Um, and the other thing specifically with the TEDx speaker way of getting noticed. Don't expect that your video, once it gets on the TEDx platform on YouTube, is going to go viral overnight. You've got to have a solid plan to get thousands or millions of views on YouTube. And it could take years, especially if you have a small audience. Like just to give you an example, okay? My video... Uh, my TEDx talk has been on YouTube for about 11 months and it's just getting close to a thousand views. Now I've been promoting it more. I have been, um, you know, sharing it more in different avenues, which is helping it get views. But here's the thing. And I'm going to go ahead and share this. Here's the thing. Why it might not be going viral so quickly is because the title of my TED talk isn't really emotionally compelling. And the way that I know that, and, and if I could go back and redo it, I would fix that. Um, there is a resource that Rachel and I like to use. Um, it's called Headline Analyzer. Just go Google it. And it gives you like basically a score on your headlines and your copy for things. And this has helped immensely. And when I put in the original uh, title of my TEDx talk, I got a neutral score, which is like zero. <laughs> like you don't win in any of the three categories. I don't like win in anything in that one. And, and I came up with one that's better and stronger and like hits two of the three categories. And if I could go back again, I would change that, but I can't. Right. So now I just have to trust that as I keep sharing it and all of that, the more views that it gets, the more people are going to be like, hmm, this one's been watched a lot, right? But at the yep. same time, I don't really care if it goes viral. And I had to really coach myself through that and talk, talk to myself and say, okay, Brene Brown did not get, you know, a million <laughs> right. views in right. her first year. Like her, her video has, I think, I can't remember. I think it was close to 13 million views by now, but it's been out there for over a decade. Mm. Right. So it's right. like, if and I bet those first million probably didn't even happen the first year. It's like a snowball guys. Like anything, when you think of marketing online oh, yeah. is a snowball and that snowball is very tiny in the beginning. And it takes a lot of pushing down an enormous mm -hmm. hill for it to get going. And then it starts to, and I think mm -hmm. 
no matter what you're doing online from a TEDx talk to anything, if you want to be noticed as a female leader, you have to have the endurance to keep pushing the snowball, to keep promoting it. Because I know there's been times where we haven't promoted it nearly as much where you, it just kind of sits there in the internet world and people will not just stumble across your stuff, turns out. No, um, and, and I discover think, you. And I think it's gotten like a hundred views in the last couple months just because I've been posting it more in different leadership groups that I'm in in LinkedIn. I've been promoting it in different proposals for speaking. Like mm-hmm. you have to be active about that. It can't yeah. just be like, <laughs> oh, I got this TED talk and it's just sitting there and it's just gonna take off one day. Right. No, you have to put in the work. And I think okay, to speak on this point for the people who are like, okay, but I don't really want to be a TEDx speaker. I just want to be a female leader who is noticed enough to make a difference and maybe speak at some local things or whatever. I want to challenge you to still take the time to practice your speech. Take the time to, you know, work on your titles, work on your copy, Work on growing that message, even if you get bored of it, because you will, it'll get boring to you. But the thing you got to remember is even though it might be your hundredth time giving it, it's that audience's first time hearing it. And Mm -hmm. so if you want to get noticed, you've got to be able to care deeply about your message enough to impact the audience in front of you, no matter what size it is. And I think that's the thing where so many speakers are like, at least at the local level that Rachel and I have worked with through the years as clients or interns or all these different things. It's like their idea is I'm just going to wing it because the Holy Spirit's going to speak to me when I get on stage. (laughs) So I understand that. Like, yes, if you are a person of faith, there is an element where... God can speak to you and you just say something that you didn't plan on saying and it moves people in the audience. However, you've got to know your message. Like Rachel and I have worked really hard over the last two years to really get to know our content in a way where um, it just flows easier now. And I know me, I've I've had a, a few more speaking engagements than Rachel and I like really take the time to practice it and I record myself so I can hear the way I'm saying it, because sometimes the way I deliver something doesn't actually come out the way I thought it would or or meant it to. And sometimes like just last week, I was practicing a keynote and I was listening to it while I'm in the shower. And I was like, gosh, I feel bored while I'm doing this. And I got a great (laughs) idea of how to, how to change it and what to do to involve the audience. And so if I hadn't have recorded myself and listened, I wouldn't have realized where the boring parts are. And Mm -hmm. I think if you want to be a female leader who is noticed, take pride, like the good kind of pride where like you care about how you're presenting yourself to the world. Even if it's a tiny thing, like, you know, a 1 million cups presentation, practice it. Don't Mm -hmm. go in there winging it because it actually can make you look unprepared as a leader. And that's not what you want. Uh, absolutely. Also, it doesn't keep you on time. There's so many reasons why so you want many to- reasons. And Mandy is definitely my motivation to keep getting better and better as a speaker because she does do it more often. But even though she does it more often, um, the fact that she practices, like, that's the key, guys, like, your fear of being on stage doesn't go away, just FYI. But the more you know, your content, 
the more mm-hmm. you can work through the nervousness. You can work through all of the things. And that's even if you're just doing something one time, like I know we've even worked with clients where they've had to give a presentation one time at work mm-hmm. um, and wanted it to go really, really well. And that's what it comes down to practice, like having a speaker coach, you know, explain to you how to mm-hmm. tell a story and wrap it up. Um, wrapping it up is <laughs> that's as important as starting. And they don't tell you all this. Um, when they're just, you know, when they're like, here's a way to get noticed, mm-hmm. start being a speaker. Well, that sounds great, but like, there's so many steps to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, it's, it's really something that I think it kind of goes right back into that number mm-hmm. one, where you might not always be on a stage, quote unquote, but we're mm-hmm. always presenting something oh, um, and learning how to do that well. Um, and be able to tell a story from start to end and all of that. It's a skill. It is not something most people are naturally born mm-hmm. with. And even if you can get up on a stage and tell a story without any notes, um, it's it, you'd be surprised at how many people actually who do that well have had to practice mm-hmm. over and over again so that when they want to free flow, it still works. Well, and I think that that brings up a good point too. Like you mentioned, like, practice your closing. That's the part that I am not good at. Yeah. Like I get going and I really have <laughs> to practice my closing because um even if there's a Q&A, like my dangerous hope keynote, I have a really strong close on that. And then after yeah. that if the if the audience wants a Q&A, I will say, you know, I'll give my closing remarks and then I will say thank you for having me. If there's time, I know they wanted me to um, give you the option to ask questions. So does anybody have some questions? And then we right. can go like that, but have a strong closing because otherwise th- you just kind of leave them hanging. It's or, so awkward. <laughs> it's so awkward. Or you close it and then you oh, go gosh. down a bunny trail of another thing and you, yep, like, you start close it three times. <laughs> right. And then you that is my least work. favorite, like biggest pet peeve is mine too. Closing and then starting. And then closing yes. and starting. And like, I've done it. You've done it. I've done it. Oh, We've yes. done it together. It's a thing that happens, but the more that you practice, um, the better it gets. And the other thing about that practicing your message is if you mess up, <laughs> your muscle memory will kick in. And you Mm -hmm. will just keep on going. You won't be embarrassed. You won't be all these things. Whereas if you haven't practiced it and you don't feel confident in what you're talking about, the moment you mess up, your brain is going to go blank and you're going to feel embarrassed because you're like, I don't know what I'm saying. Right. Yep. It's There's just so much. This whole idea of I'm just going to wing it up there is one of my biggest pet peeves as a speaker and a coach. It's like, no, be prepared. Because that proves to the audience that you care about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that is leadership right yes. there. Yes. And whether they're paying you or not, no matter what the size of the audience is or not, this is a pep talk all speakers have to give themselves over and over again, that they deserve your very best no matter what. This is the first time they're hearing it, even if it's the hundredth time you are hearing yourself give it. So mm-hmm. great advice, Mandy, for whether you guys are looking at doing a TED Talk or, you know, just speaking at some local events or just getting out there with a message. Um, honestly, same way, guys, if you're doing it on social media, all things still apply. Hey, leader, let's take a quick break to talk about something important. Every leader needs someone to discuss ideas with and someone to challenge them to grow. 
Studies show that 67% of female leaders feel like they need more support than what they get on the job to build their confidence so that they feel like a leader. Our brand new Rockstar Leaders membership is that support that you've been waiting for. This is your chance to get monthly guidance and accountability from Raymond team coaches and mentors that are in your corner. So Mandy, what do they get each month? So every month you're going to get a short leadership training video to keep your mindset sharp and your hope alive. You're also going to get a 60 minute group coaching call with one of us to ask questions and get feedback. You'll also get weekly accountability, a monthly personal growth plan, and community connection for real-time help without the drama of a Facebook group. That's my favorite part. (laughs) This community is laser-focused and conveniently designed in your own coaching community located right on our website, or you can use the Kajabi app. It's so super simple. You can join now for $97 a month at the link in the show notes. Okay, let's get back to the show. Okay, let's talk about that third way to get noticed as a female leader. Third way is write a book or start a blog to share your knowledge and experience. Just so you know, blogging is not dead. Um, It is still a great way to get information out there. It's also a great way to start practicing um, content for a book. So many entrepreneurs and leaders do have this original message inside of them that's kind of shaped their journey. I mean, really, they all have a story. You have a story, Mandy, and I have a story that has shaped where we are today and why we do what we do. And writing a book is one of the best ways to help more people and establish yourself as an expert in the leadership field. Honestly, I'm not sure if there's anything better than having author um, when it comes to establishing yourself as an expert in your title. Um, Just really says that you know what you're talking about. But there's a lot about writing a book. We could probably do separate podcasts on each one of these things, just like with speaking, that they don't tell you that you need to know. So Mandy, what is that? So what they don't tell you about writing a book is this. Most wannabe authors won't ever write the book because they get caught up in the shiny objects or they can't get out of dream mode. And Mm. I would say even wannabe bloggers, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, they get they get stuck in this whole idea of what do I want the book to look like or what do I want to call my blog or how do I run my blog, all these things. And they get stuck in the shiny objects of what am I going to do when my blog takes off? What am I going to do when my book is a bestseller? How am I going to handle that? Who cares? You haven't written a word. <laughs> like you need to write. Test yeah, out your content. Out. See if turns people out. like it. Right? <laughs> And the other thing that they don't tell you is that the journey of writing, just writing, not even writing a book, but just writing in general, is often filled with self-doubt and imposter syndrome. Like that comes with the territory. So you need a solid plan to follow through when your inner critic gets loud. Like writing is lonely. Oh, so lonely. So lonely. (laughs) Like People are always like, oh, I don't know how you guys have written all these books. I spend a lot of time alone writing books, <laughs> writing, like even the idea of a blog. Okay, we have a book that's coming out. Um, we can say it here. I don't have an exact date, but it will yes. be coming out sometime in November is the plan. It's called Dear Female Leader. And what it is, is 
30 days of encouragement for female leaders and the women who think they aren't. You guys, you want to know what our secret is to putting this book together so super fast because it really wasn't even a thought back in August? We are taking content from social media posts, which is basically a form of blogging, right? Oh, yeah. It's short form. Short form. We are taking that, turning it into 30 days of encouragement with a little bit of like a journal place for, for women who want to jot down thoughts. And that's it. It is not rocket science. Getting it to number one kind of is, but that's a whole other topic. And that's not even something that we're going to teach because we have somebody who does a great course on that. But yep, we don't have to reinvent that. We don't have to reinvent that. Point you her way if you need it. (laughs) Yes. But the thing is, like, you have to be willing to spend time alone. You have to Mm. be willing to get comfortable with your thoughts. You have to be willing to be judged. Because people will judge you for what you write. People will judge you and critique you and have all kinds of stuff to say. But you know what the really cool thing is? Being a writer, the amount of people most days who are judging you and and all of that are little compared to the amount of people that you get to help. Yes. Compared to the amount of people that you get to speak encouragement and hope and leadership into. So focus on that. But you've got to know that you can't just you can't just be like, I'm going to write a book someday and it's just going to happen. You have to sit down and write it. You have to figure out what the what the message is that you want to share with the world and start practicing it now. That's oh. why a blog is such a great thing to start with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And honestly, you don't need a solid plan necessarily to no. Um, let's start a blog. You don't have to have everything all figured out. Honestly, the first step is the hardest, which is just starting. And just like with speaking, if you're a leader who wants to write a book, first of all, someday never happens without you working for it. Like, just like you're not going to get discovered as a speaker if you never speak, you are not going to get discovered as a writer if you never write. A publisher mm-hmm. is not going to be working for you if you've never written a word anywhere. You know how many people have gotten book deals just from what they wrote on social media or just from what they wrote on blogs? Guys, it happens all the time, but it never happens if you don't write a word. And the great thing about writing is you do get better with time. You learn the tricks of the trade. You learn what your audience is looking for. You learn what they're not looking for. Um, And it's just, it's an amazing way to hone in on who you are, what you want to be and what your message, what you want your message to be in the world. But like Mandy said, if you've never written a word, that book is never, or if you've written a bunch, but you've never shared it with anybody. Like if it's sitting in a notebook somewhere, if it's sitting on a dream board somewhere, if it's sitting, Mm -hmm. who knows where, um, and sometimes things, you know, do need to get processed before they go out into the world. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about getting over that fear Mm -hmm. of, what happens when I put my words out there? Mm-hmm. There's good and bad with everything. And that's mm-hmm. going to happen right. But it will never, ever happen. None of the good will ever happen if you don't get the words out. Absolutely. I think I think that's one of the things that, you know, I've worked with authors and writers in the past to help them, you know, write a compelling speech or write their book. And I had one client who wrote this amazing fiction book. I wish I I could have read it. (laughs) It's so, so good. And I mean, I hope that someday she 
gets it out into the world. And if you're listening to this, you know exactly who I'm talking about. And yes, it's probably you. Um, but it's the most beautiful story ever. And I think sometimes authors feel like they need to be published traditionally to make a difference. And I just want to tell you, you don't. Like with self-publishing these days, you can still get your message out there and share it with people and impact um, a small amount of people. And then maybe a publishing house will find it because, you know, out of all these different things, maybe you submit it to different, you know, book contests and it gets noticed and you can hand like you can deal with publishing things as they come. Like so many times with all of these things, like with, with number two and number three, with speaking and writing, sometimes people are like, but what am I going to do if somebody wants to publish it? And I don't want to, like, I want to keep it. Or (laughs) what am I going to do if somebody steals my message? You know what? That stuff isn't happening as much as you think it is. Does it happen? Yes. But that shouldn't stop you from putting it out there. You can deal with that when it comes. And it's there's just so many reasons why people choose not to get noticed. And I'm here to tell you, and Rachel's here to tell you that you're listening to the Fearless Feminine Leadership Podcast, which means you care about leadership. You mm-hmm. care about being a, a fearless woman of some sort. So it's time to get over these fears and put your message out there so that you can lead other people in the way that only you can. Like you are placed on this earth for such a time as this. What are you doing with the message that is burning in your heart? Right. Absolutely. So here's a bonus that they won't tell you when it comes to getting over your fear of getting noticed. You can't do this alone. You can try to do it alone. You can spin your wheels for years doing it alone. You can make a little bit of progress alone. But oftentimes, you are going to need somebody beside you at some point on that journey. You need a mentor who has gone before you. You need somebody who has written a book. You need somebody who has done a TED Talk. You need somebody who has um, put themselves out there. You need somebody who has honed their communication skills. You need somebody who has honed their leadership skills. So whether you work with someone in a group coaching format, like we have, we've had so many groups over the years. Right now we have Rockstar Leaders membership which is our monthly membership you can get into, or there is private coaching with both Mandy and I. It kind of just depends on who's got availability at the time. Um, Having someone help you grow these skills is the difference between succeeding or giving up. Because here's what's happened. What what will happen is if you do this alone, the longer it takes, the more likely you're going to give up. Because this takes a long time, even with a mentor. It takes a long time to set the foundation. It takes a long time to get noticed. And you will quit without having somebody to help you get back up again when you feel like you want to quit, when you feel like it's not the world's knocked you back down again. So that having somebody help you, a mentor, a coach to grow those skills is going to be the difference between succeeding or giving up. So if you've gotten to the end of this podcast with us, thank you. Thank you for listening. We love you. And if this is resonating, which I'm sure it probably is, and you're ready to get noticed in some capacity as a leader in your field, then go to the show notes for links to apply to private coaching or to join at the Rockstar Leaders membership today. So that's it for today's show. There was a ton of meat in this episode. So you're going to probably want to listen to this again. 
But we hope you enjoyed this skill building focus and we're going to see you on the next episode. Hey leader, here's a few things to think about and take action on before you scroll to the next episode in your podcast lineup for the day. First, thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed this episode, tell us by leaving a five-star review. We love hearing from our pod squad. And while you're at it, let us know what kind of topics you want to hear in the future. Now, if you didn't like the show, don't review it. Just move along and know we wish you well. Next, as certified life and leadership coaches, our job is to help you get from where you are now to where you want to be. So where do you want to be? Whether you want to be a stronger, healthier, rock star leader, or you want to have a powerful speaker at your next conference, Rayma Team is your answer. Here's three ways to work with us. Number one, private coaching with either one of us is the highest level of support and accountability that we offer to help you see results quickly. You can apply and pick your coach at the link in our show notes. Number two is join the brand new Rockstar Leaders membership for monthly support and leadership development. You can get started at the link in the show notes. And number three, hire us to speak at your next team training or event. You can hire us as a team or individually. DM us on Instagram for a customized proposal or check out the speaking page on our website at www.raymateam.com. That's R-A-Y-M-A-T-E-A-M.com. Okay, that's all for now. So carry on with your podcast lineup. Have a great day and we'll see you on the next episode.